0: Finding Serenity in Our World Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I am Stephanie, a mother of three, wife, and avid mountain climber. Beyond all of these, I am very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Sharon Laflame, facilitator and founder of Creating Serenity, LLC. She has taken her life's passion of human behavior, health, nutrition, yoga, and meditation and incorporated them into creating an internal space for healing. Healing herself and others has been a lifelong passion. Her journey through childhood trauma created a need to heal and as an empath, that meant everyone she was in contact with. She became a certified somatic experience practitioner where she helps transform pain into peace where trauma symptoms resolve and clients feel integrated and whole. All right. All right. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Intimacy Truth podcast. We have Ms. Sharon here to join us on finding serenity in this traumatic world. So thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity to talk about one of my biggest passions.
0: You are very welcome. And thank you for sharing your trust and your vulnerability here on our podcast. So tell us, how did your journey start in finding serenity?
1: Well, it started from a very traumatic childhood, growing Mm up in an alcoholic home with two alcoholics, always knowing that I wasn't quite right, quite well, and needing to heal myself. And the process has been a lifelong journey. Um, And it's been a beautiful one and a very hard one.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people are going to feel very connected uh, to your story and how you, I know we were talking before we started recording uh, your journey in this physical
1: transformation started about 15 years ago. It did um, because trauma puts such a burden on the nervous system and there's so much activation in our bodies, we're living in fight or flight. This is a threat response. I found myself drawn to needing to heal, but also be healthy and normal. And I learned and started running and I started teaching aerobics and I've been a yoga teacher. And I have always used that as a physical outlet. But about 15 years ago, my body was starting to not feel so good. And I recognized that part of what was happening for me was, I. I was pushing my body and I wanted my body to do what I wanted it to do. And instead of having a relationship and loving my body and having it tell me what it needed. And I started to listen and I started to say, yeah, let me do what I can do and love you. Mm-hmm. And you tell me if we're going, doing it okay. Yeah, I love that.
0: And you were also sharing um, that in that time you, you read a book that was really powerful for you to make yes. that transformation.
1: Yes. And at the time I was teaching yoga um, and re- I've been doing Reiki and it was getting physical therapy. And I saw this book, Waking the Tiger. And it was written by Peter Levine, who has since created uh, traumahealing.org and a complete international training for somatic experiencing practitioners. And I read that book and it so resonated with me on a level of, I understood my physical draw, which was draining me. And he states in the book that, you know, animals out in the wild deal with stress all the time. They get the, the tiger is, you know, going after the antelope, but in the antelope runs like crazy, but it doesn't have all of these stress illnesses that we create. We have So many stress-induced illnesses and often die. And with all kinds of diseases and disorders and even mental issues, everything, because the stress we're under, but that doesn't happen to animals in the wild because the nervous system isn't designed to be up and up like that all the time. Their systems see the threat, they run from the threat or whatever they have to do, and they come back into their parasympathetic state. And for me, I recognized, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever been in a parasympathetic state. I'm always in the fight or flight run state.
0: Yes. And so I'm sure I know what parasympathetic, but I'm sure not all of our listeners will quite know what that is. So if you want to give a brief explanation of uh, what that would mean for uh, those of us who are in our fear, fight, flight, freeze uh, responses commonly in our in our days.
1: Yeah. And I have a feeling people respond to more with this COVID more than ever in a fight or flight, which is a sympathetic response. But the body was designed to have balance. And, And parasympathetic is when the body's relaxed, it's digesting food, it's healing, it's open, receptive, expansive, compassionate, we are available to our full surroundings and our body. We, we can feel our body. We can recognize its signals. We know what is happening. And we're like a very young child just enjoying life. Yeah. And we should be in parasympathetic much of the time. And we should be in sympathetic during the day so we can work and produce or whatever. And we might get highly aroused if a threat arrives. But we're not meant to be up here. We're meant to complete the emotional wave. We're meant to come back down into parasympathetic. And that's where if we have a balanced nervous system, we do all our healing there. We don't need to have other things happen. We have a body that innately knows how to heal and take care of everything. Yes. We to get there.
0: Exactly. And to, to bridge it back to what you were saying earlier, 15 years ago, instead of loving your body, you were working on it so hard. So was that uh, in from your res- realization, was that because you realized, I'm always up here with running and yoga and working out, even though yoga is still calming, it can still heighten, um, depending on if you're doing like a gentle yoga or, or more intense yoga class and stuff. So did you find that from working so much and being all the way up here that that's where the pain was coming from in your body.
1: Um, I recognized that um, there was the after effect of that because initially, as you know, the endorphins of any kind of exercise make you feel great. Yeah. Yeah. But when you start getting older or I had repetitive injuries from my career previous as well, that were causing mm-hmm. me a lot of pain. And I wasn't able to comp- compensate or overcome those. Yeah. Um, And that's when I recognized that what I was doing wasn't a loving thing for myself.
0: Yes, very cool. I love this. I'm definitely going to have to look into uh, waking the tiger. I often give the example of um, the fight, flight, freeze, faint, you know, responses and how we're always thinking that there's a tiger around the corner in our modern day way of processing the world and uh, living in that state is not comfortable for anyone cognitively, emotionally, like all of it. it it's definitely intertwined. So tell us a little bit about somatic healing and, um, being a somatic experience practitioner?
1: Well, I, um, I've recognized and probably experientially more so than ever that the body's ability to feel safe has to come from the bot from the body. We have to feel it. We can't think our way into safety. So we can, I went through tons of cognitive type things and they make sense conceptually but if we can't integrate them into the body and we can't feel a sense of safety we can't come into a relaxed parasympathetic state which is where we become whole and integrated and vital and alive that's where we come up with our creativity that's when we really thrive and feel whole and um so we get so disconnected and we get so driven by our brain and our concepts and what we think we need to do in this world and it's really it's a self-imposed system we, yeah. we're born into it that starts it and we lose the ability to really connect with our body and so as a somatic experiencing practitioner i like people to understand that Not just your brain is at work, but your entire body is full of interoceptive, neuroceptive capacities, always letting you know if you're safe or not, and always trying to keep you well and in a healthy state. Mm -hmm. And if we fully listen and are available to it, and that's why people sometimes need help, we can access all those little cues that our body's saying, oh, am I relaxed and comfortable right now? Or am I really kind of fearful right now and I need to be aware? And we tune into all those aspects of ourselves, And that's what I love facilitating to bring in a loving connection with our body. Cause so many of us, myself included, didn't have that. So we lost like 90% of our personhood and our identity and who we really yeah. are as a soul in a body. And um, so I love helping people realize, oh, I can start a relationship with myself and trust it. I can trust it because so many people don't even trust their body because, well, we're kind of taught that and we also have disconnected from it because it's been painful.
0: Exactly the the um, self imposed. I'm going back to. I was taking notes as you were talking, so I could remember the self imposed way of thinking. And and it's definitely we when we're when as kids when we're being raised into the humans that we our parents are forming us into. If we were raised into um, a situation, or if we were raised in a situation that wasn't necessarily super beneficial to forming a healthy identity and healthy attachments, uh, it, it there's you're right, it creates this conflict. And there's a lot of these unspoken rules that we sort of oh. follow, and we don't necessarily uh, give ourselves the opportunity to pause and be like, what are my beliefs? And, and where are these thoughts coming from? And um, I'm trying to think of an example of a client right now, but I'm I'm having a hard time of drumming one. Ah, I was just talking to a client and she She had this belief that if she took the time to take care of herself, um, that it wasn't, it was, it was like, that was a big no, no. You weren't allowed to have a voice and she wasn't allowed to have a voice in her childhood. And so as an adult, she's, she's always going around helping everybody else and trying to take care of everyone else. And, and she's now finding like, okay, I, I do deserve a voice. And just because I'm using my voice and somebody else disagrees with my voice doesn't mean I'm wrong. I still get to have a voice. We're both, we we both have our voices. And if they're opposite of each other, that doesn't mean one is right. And one is wrong. It's just, we're both having our voice. Right. And so it's very special to have that somatic experience of, I am amazing. And I, and I do have my voice and it's very empowering to watch that transition in working with clients.
1: It is such an honor and a privilege to be helping people become really aware with the, curiosity allowing i mean for us to allow a compassionate awareness for ourselves. i mean we're not like you said we're not trained like that the the system doesn't reward us to take care of ourselves or even consider ourselves a priority and when we start to recognize we are and we can really offer that compassionate awareness and start to really recognize what is happening here and it's really it an inherently perfect system if we can allow ourselves to connect with our body.
0: I like to tell people uh, we're going we're gonna to learn what your old operating system is and we're going to create a new one. Right? So when you have a car, most people just know how to press the gas pedal. They don't know how to press the brake in, in, in life, I mean. So if we were to resemble our body to a car, well, we know how to press the brake and the gas in a car, but we do we know actually what fuel is being used to push the brake once you push the pedal or how the oil is missing with mixing with the pistons to make the engine work and all the other parts that go together? Most people don't uh, know that about uh, the engine of a car. And then here we are as humans driving our car, our physical being around this world, and we don't actually have enough of an understanding of our internal workings uh, and how the inside of our body guides us and how we can choose to work with that. And so to relate back to what you were saying, our subconscious mind is in so much control. And so when we have these reactions, these ebbs and flows of endorphins and chemicals, and our body feels a certain way. We get to re- we get to recognize this feeling means this experience in our in our lives and and if it's a negative one we get to work towards fixing it or if it's a positive we get to work towards making that happen more often which is really exciting.
1: And I love your um, idea of the car and I would like to just interject yeah. that we are a car. Our activation sympathetic is the gas pedal go go yeah. go and the brake is the parasympathetic dorsal and ventral vagal systems. And we get a car and we see the check engine light come on and we go, oh, I got to take care of it. But we have these symptoms and we get illnesses and everything from this sympathetic gas drive and we ignore them. Mm -hmm. We take care of our cars better than we take care of all these symptoms are our body telling (laughs) us. take care of me. I'm yeah. doing my best, but you're not helping me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I love that analogy.
0: I definitely like too that. Uh, the thing about the, sy- the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems is our choices and behaviors guide what happens to those systems. And so when those systems, sometimes we, they don't, we don't have control. Sometimes the subconscious mind just takes control and does what it's going to do because it's learned over time how to do this behavior on its own without you thinking about it. Um, and so when we're figuring out like, okay, I need to learn how to press the brake. And even though our sympathetic nervous system, right, uh, yeah, is skyrocketing, we have to remember that is an old operating system that we have uh, pre- predisp- We have trained our body into that old operating system. So yes, we feel like we need to take it up a notch, but really we need to learn how to work through that uh, disconnect and, and learn how to press the brake a little bit more when, when we're heightened it to, to reverse and go back and retrain, rewire, as you said earlier.
1: And in our, in our threats in life. Um, they can be real and we've had them all yeah. and they've risen our sympathetic activation. And they can just be a thought, which you know we we can think ourselves into this activated, right? this yes. scary thought. And so, where my uh, somatic work is a little different than we do talk, and we talk about meaning and behavior and emotions and feelings, images that may have come up with all this stress and things that, and trauma mm-hmm. we might have dealt with. But I don't just deal with the of those concepts. We go right into the body where all those chemicals are stored, where all that activation is stored, which is sensation. And yeah. we work with that sensation. We allow compassionate sensation and feeling and awareness to focus and help the sensation move through, move up, out, and complete. Yeah. And that's how it's different than what an other therapy might offer, because we work with the body and all the activation that's there. We release it so the body then can come into relaxation, into a state. Because as much stress as we have in our life, we often don't come back down to full sympathetic. We, I mean, parasympathetic and relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. We stop somewhere, you know, here. And each event brings us even less down. We stay at this highly activated state. And when we start to release it from the body, we can start to get down into. The parasympathetic, relaxed, digest, heal brings the brain back on board because we lose the prefrontal cortex when we're in trauma. And Which stress. is
0: the thinking brain.
1: <laughs> that we yeah. lose a lot. We lose so much. We can't, you know, we have the stomach issues and so much because um, when you're in a survival mode, you don't need to have babies. You don't need to eat. You don't need to do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. You need to survive and your body's only trying to do that. So it doesn't need to think either. It doesn't need to do a lot of stuff. We get pretty well.
0: Yes. And then to even add to um, there's good stress too. And in the, the we know what's good and bad stress, and uh, but the good stress can still cause, like you were saying earlier, with the yoga and the running, and they're always being uh, on the on the higher end scale of of the endorphin release. Sometimes the endorphin release is too much of it is is not good for our bodies. And so I I know for myself, um, recently got diagnosed with a heart condition, and that decreased my ability to do a lot of the mountaineering that I love to do. Uh, And in that experience, I have had to learn how to still get that same excitement. There's nothing, you can't recreate the top of a mountain at all, anywhere. You can't do that, right? (laughs) And so that experience and the breath and the air and just everything about the top of a mountain is so holistic. and, And I had to realize Okay, if I can't physically make it to the top of a mountain, I have to find ways to recreate that for myself because that is a really amazing moment and experience for me to have, right? At least for now. And so relearning how to have these somatic experiences in our lives is possible. And the more we have this growth mindset and this moving from a place of love, like we were talking about, I don't know if we've talked about it before or after our recording, but that that true sense of love in our lives is is such a um amazing journey once we can i for sure did not love this diagnosis when i first got it and i wasn't able to go hiking everything happened fears of never being able to go and my life is ruined and the whole you know right into the pit of oh no what am i gonna do um But now, now a few months later, a lot of healing, lots of work on it, not just somatic work, but a lot of the, you know, internal processing and everything. And now I'm in a place where it's like, okay, I can do it. And I can take control. uh, And I can move from a place of love for myself and all of the symptoms that I might be experiencing in the moment. So it's really special to have people like you helping us do that work.
1: And and I just want to bring into the um, podcast. Yeah, what you wanted to bring in the intimacy aspect, the yeah. vulnerability aspect. Yeah. Really, we are our healers. Mm-hmm. I help people facilitate, I help that happen. I help bring a sacred, safe place. But it's really us getting to a loving, compassionate place for ourselves where we can understand who we really are and we can trust that we're going to be okay. And that allows the healing to happen mm. and if we can't if we can't get there i mean it's really us that vulnerable aspect that says, can i trust myself can i trust my body can i trust this place can i and we start to develop this relationship between head body spirit heart and we start to believe with vulnerability and compassion that we can do it yeah. and we do we end yeah. up doing it exactly um, but it's that we have to get into that vulnerable space, that, that determination
0: intimate. and resiliency. Yes, I love it. This is such an amazing conversation. Thank you for being here.
1: I so enjoyed myself. I, you can tell I'm a little passionate about yeah. my work. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so happy that I got an opportunity to be with you and um, to tell the viewers.
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much. And so uh, before we go, where can people find you? What's your website?
1: It's creating serenity now.com wow. so you can reach me there and all my social media is there. There's a place you can email me there and, um, tells you a little bit about the work, a little bit about me. And it also gives the ACEs score, which is, I'm not sure if you've brought this up to with any other of your guests, but it's the, um, adverse childhood experiences. And it's only 10 questions. Mm. And you talk about your childhood and it was done like 25 years ago by Kaiser Permanente, but it has so much about what happened in your childhood has affected our adulthood with illness, early death. I mean, so much stuff that they've determined and it's a real easy quiz to take and if anybody questions you know, is my childhood affecting me? The ACES quiz is on my website, and it's easy to get other places. I recommend people to give it a try. Yes,
0: and if you have any further questions after you do take that that uh, test, you're more than welcome to reach out to Sharon.
1: Yes, I offer a free discovery session. We get a chance to explore somatic work, get a little idea of what, how it feels and how it goes, little introduction, and it's a marvelous experience without having to risk any I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.